Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Global Leadership Conference. It's truly an honor to have each and every one of you here today. I'm grateful for our speakers and all of our sponsors. At this time, I welcome our Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Lakeisha James. She's the CEO and founder of Designer Events by Lakeisha. Welcome, Dr. James. Thank you, Gigi. I'm so excited to be here. Are you guys excited? I'm so stoked. I cannot wait to hear you guys speak on leadership. I'm so excited. <laughs> so again, thank you, Regaline Sabat. On behalf of Life Service Center of America, LLC, and Regaline Sabat, we welcome you to the Global Leadership Conference. The Global Leadership Conference will give you insights on leadership, confidence, and tips on how you too can become a leader in your industry. You will hear from some amazing, inspirational speakers that will share all about what it is to, to walk in leadership, talk in leadership, and being in leadership. So let's go. I'd like to introduce you to our host, Rajaline Sabat. She's a motivational keynote speaker, five-time best-selling author, life coach, first-generation Haitian-American, the host of Walk With Me podcast on JRQ-TV, financial expert and CEO and founder of Life Service Center of America, which is endorsed by Les Brown. Welcome, Gigi. Thank you so much for this platform. Thank you, Dr. James. Our first speaker is our keynote speaker. And forgive me again if I butcher your name. Aluna, I can't pronounce your last name. Parankavoga is a direct... Thank you for correcting me. Is a direct descendant of American gun, um, genocide survivors. She is an international best-selling author, pastor. She holds a BSBA through Colorado Technical University with a 4.0 GPA, candidate for doctoral in Christian counseling and PhD in Christian um, physiology. She is an integrative nutrition health coach, certified personal trainer, certified nutritionist, and certified neurologistic programming master practitioner. Everyone, please welcome our keynote speaker, Aluna Pravukana. I do apologize for butchering your last name. That's okay. It's very, it's uh, such an honor to be here with uh, such a bright and uh, uh, um, no, amazing people around me. This is Ilona Parunakova. I am from the original from the Soviet Union. I'm a child of the mixed culture. My mom is Ukrainian and my dad is Armenian. So I'm actually direct descendant of Armenian genocide survivors uh, that happened during the World War I in 1915. April 24th. And uh, throughout all of my life, we have experienced lots of rejections, myself included. And what I am uh, good about and what I love to speak about, it's a rejection is not a terminal uh, cancer. It's not a death death sentence in our lives rejections and every time we hear no people usually hide people usually like get dissolved people want to blend in it's it's a it's such a some people get pierced with that and they stay in this condition but as a children we need to remember we were children when we were children and our parents would used to say to us no to cookies what we what would we do as a child do you remember yourself? You try to be so creative to get this cookie or this candy from the counter, from the places that your mom was uh, hiding the cookie jar from, from you. So we all have ability to create this special sense to survive and get creative, to get about and around, to get what you want, regardless of the no and rejections in our lives. So it's not a death sentence, as I said, but it's, it stimulates us to think forward, 
it's it encourages us and challenges us to use this unknown to create more in our lives because what is a rejection in our lives right rejection pretty much is targets the same area in our brain as the physical pain does so every time we you know we get physically hurt caught bruised with it's the same area in the brain that's responsible for rejection so this uh it's uh, it's kind of simultaneous it becomes uh, like a response automatic response to us that it's something is blocked and what is rejection does into our lives it's pretty much lowers temporarily lowers our iq which pretty much we stop thinking right because this our brain stops it's just 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 we hurt and we cannot function anymore so and uh, it, we stop reasoning so we stop at the same time uh, to become like a reasonable why can why did this happen so we don't rationalize at this moment so and um and there's a few other things that also happen in our lives however as a child being rejected by my grandparents because i didn't look like armenians I was rejected by my dad because I was a firstborn girl in a family, not a boy. I was rejected to enter to uh, universities because I had my Russian last name. I was rejected by my boss for the race because I barely spoke English. My doctor told me I cannot run because of my circulation in my veins. My, my uh, relatives called me ugly because I look nothing like Armenians, because I had blonde hair. I look just like my mom, my Ukrainian mom, who was absolutely gorgeous. So there's so many things in my life. If I would have based my life up according to what they have predicted on me or what they, how they saw me, I would probably stay in the same state of mind. But despite of that, and actually praise God for every no, for every closed door in my life. I endured something very special. Just like a statement and a quote says, if there is no door in front of you, build it. And that's exactly what I did through the power of God. My dad and I have a best relationship in the world. He said that, there was that he will never change me or exchange me with the 10 sons. When my, my, when my relatives called me ugly, I entered the beauty pageant and I won. And uh, my boss said, I cannot, I can barely speak English. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote over 10 books and published one, you know, published them. So, and uh, I now I'm a doctorate candidate and one of my theses in master's have been published as a book. So if they didn't have all of this knowing my life, I would not be creative. I will not be fueled enough to to challenge myself to see are they right or there's better version of myself is out there when my doctor said i cannot do nothing with my legs to be careful i entered to run marathon and triathlon so there's things that in our lives that when we wake up we may be rejected you know bank statement will come uh, wrong our boss will say us something different that we will not like to hear. But power of no is the best power in your life that can create something magnificent for you. So every time you hear the power of no in your life, you need to say, praise God for that. I want to see what I've got. 
and soar from that. That was Ilona, the direct descendant of Armenian uh, genocide survivor and an international TEDx speaker with power and with love. Thank you, Ilona. Thank you, Ilona, for your leadership. Our next speaker is Todd Kukan. Did I pronounce that right? Correct? Perfect. <laughs> You're an expert. Oh my God, that's amazing. Todd's passion for leadership and growth earned him an international coach, speaker, teacher, and trainer certification with the John Maxwell team. Throughout his career, Todd has done numerous presentations, workshops, and seminars at local, state, national, and international conferences. He is passionate about sharing his experience and knowledge in a leadership, personal growth, corporate culture, and nonprofits. Todd is also a DISC certified consultant. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Todd Kukan. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's so exciting to be on this call. My day started awesome today. My youngest daughter graduated from the University of Wisconsin. Very, very proud of her, so we'll be celebrating this weekend. And she was talking at lunch today about one of her friends who Monday is gonna be starting out with a job right after graduation, two days after graduation. She's gonna have a new office, a new title, and it really made me think about leadership and about some of the things actually that I've learned through John Maxwell, who, who you mentioned, and there's five levels of, le of leadership. How do we level up our leadership, right? How do we level up our leadership? We all start with a title. And when we get that title, like this young lady's gonna have, uh, she's gonna be all excited about that. But we all know that our position, positional leadership is really based on rights. It's not really based on leadership. People follow you because they have to because of your title. And that's really not a good way to, to run in the world, I don't believe. I think there's so many opportunities out there. And if you don't choose to rise above level one, you're going to continue to be maybe even a manager or a boss rather than somebody who is a leader, who is a true leader. And I think we, as you think of the term manage, you think about management versus leadership. Management is really about things, isn't it? Leadership is really about people. So it's up to us. It's up to us to continue to move and grow in our leadership. So as we're leveling up our leadership, level two is the permission level. And this is one of my favorites because it really involves relationships. And if you're going to be a leader in an organization, if you're going to be a leader in your church, if you're going to be a leader in the world, that's what you really need to focus on is those relationships, those organically developed relationships. And in that case, in the, the second level, people, people follow you because they want to, because they want to be around you. So many of the people on this call, so many of the panelists this evening and this afternoon, are all are those same types of leaders. These are people that you want to be around because of what they're sharing and what they've gone, gone through. And we just heard a great story, right, about the trials and tribulations that you face. But relationships are so critical and so important. As you continue to move up and grow your, lady, your leadership, excuse me, you move into the production level. And now we get a little bit more into the results area. But we've forgotten about the title. We've developed those relationships. And now we're going to look at results. How productive are we? What are we doing with ourselves? Right? The biggest gap in life is between what we know and what we do. So this level really gets at productivity and what kind of productivity. And people follow you because of what you've done for your organization. They've seen you've developed relationships. Now they want to see what you've done and how they can follow you and then continue to level up their leadership. As influence increases, so does productivity. The more experiences you have, the more opportunities you have, the more quality people you surround yourself with, again, like the people, the panelists on this call, the quicker and sooner you're going to move up and be able to level up your leadership. Morale improves, momentum kicks in, and everything starts working really well. 
as you get to the next level, level four is really about people development. And this is one of the most exciting areas and something that I'm trying to do, and that's reproduction of leaders, investing in people to help them level up their leadership. So I spent many years of my life, and you can see many years, I'm closer to 100 than zero, but many years of my life, I've tried to develop myself and along the way started to help and develop others, just like as I was growing up, people were leveling up my leadership. So that's really what this fourth level is about, people development, investing in people that you can lead. And people follow you because of what you've done for them. It's not because of something, something you've done and not because of your title. It's not because of relationships. It's so much more than that. Obviously, that's why it's, it's a level four. So great leaders are not built out of power. They're built out of their ability to empower others. That's really a key feature in this level. As you look at level five, level five is the pinnacle level. This is an incredibly difficult level to get to, but you gain respect. This is all about respect. You lead well over time and you create a leadership legacy. So you think of people like John Maxwell, like Mother Teresa, like Martin Luther King, so many others in that same area, that same realm, what they've achieved over their life. They're more than the position. They're more than a title. They're more than an organization, They're even bigger than whatever quote unquote industry they might have represented, what segment of the world. The people follow them because who they are and what they represent. And that's really the level that we all need to, to uh, try to achieve and try to strive for, excuse me. And along that path, I've really relied on my core values. My core values are optimism, trust, honesty, enthusiasm, and teamwork. Those are critically important to that. And what holds that all together is my faith. And that's the most important element for me. Without my faith, I wouldn't be able to hold those elements together. Together, I wouldn't be able to level up my leadership and really grow into the person that I, that I become today. So I think as you think about yourself, think about how can you level up your leadership first, and then how can you level up the leadership of others? And you can, you can always move up a level, you're not, and you're not in the same level with every person. As you change positions, as you change organizations, you may change your level of leadership. So it's a constant, not, I don't want to say struggle, but you have to be very cognizant of the fact that you need to continue to work on leveling up your leadership. Moving up happens slowly. Going down happens very quickly, though, right? You, you know about that, how reputations can be impacted. So it takes a long time to level up, but it, you can quickly drop. You can't climb the levels alone. That's why it's so awesome we have these panelists that can help reach out. You can, they're reaching out to you to help you level up your leadership throughout the course of the day. And not climbing the levels, being satisfied at one level, really isn't fair to the people around you. It's not fair to you, and it's not fair to those people around you. People around you, you surround yourself with more people, and you end up at a great place in terms of your leadership. So I challenge each one of you on this, on this call to level up your leadership. Don't be satisfied with the title. Don't be satisfied with simple relationships. Don't be satisfied with production. Really start to work to empower others. Surround yourself with an inner circle that can help you build and grow your strengths and find people who can help you with your weaknesses. So I appreciate the chance to share with all of you today and have a great evening. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. I like that. Level up your leadership. Thank you so much, Todd, for your leadership. Our next speaker is Dr. Tanya Gold. Dr. Tanya is a medical doctor and author of Seven Habits of Extremely Happy People. She's always extremely happy. Always a pleasure to be on her platform. Um, Dr. Tanya Gold, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me okay? Yes. yes. Okay, good. Um, so I'm just so excited first. Um, I want to thank you, Lakeisha, for um, introducing the beautiful 
beautiful introduction and thank uh, Gigi for doing this beautiful call. I've been on a few of them now and I just feel like keep learning so much. It's so great <laughs> to be part of this. Uh, so for me, uh, I was gonna talk to you about the seven habits of extremely, can you see me? Yes, ma'am. Okay, great. I was gonna talk about the habits of, uh, seven habits of extremely happy people. It's a book I wrote uh, about a year ago during the pandemic. And it, for me, it's been a journey, just becoming a leader in my own field of medicine. I practice holistic medicine. I'm a family medicine physician. And uh, we know medicine is constantly changing with uh, just disease. You know, we've had a lot of scare, kind of scare tactics, in my opinion, just with COVID, it's real. But just not realizing also the impact that our own health, the uh, ideas that we can actually manifest good or greatness within by empowering ourselves through psychology and good nutrition, being active, that we can actually take the realms of our health and take it to the next level. So I want to just kind of briefly give you an overview of those habits. And at the end, I do have a, a gift I wanna give you. I'll, I think Gigi knows my contact, but I'll also mention that, but it'll be a free intro uh, for my book if you're interested. So just put your um, emails in the chat and I'll be happy to send you a copy. But the um, different chapters include, the first is live with purpose. And I think it's really, really important that we have passion in our lives. Um, knowing that, you know, Gigi is a great example and so is Lakeisha. And then I just heard, it was taught, I believe, but the gentleman who just spoke, you know, we just want to make sure we're living to our optimal um, lives, not what other people want for us, but what we want for ourselves. And I think great leaders really have that vision to actually see what you want and then go for it. And you don't let limiting thoughts, beliefs hold you back. It doesn't mean we don't have them, but we don't let them um, keep us stranded. We actually move forward and just plunge forward in a good way. Uh, the other part is action. We know key elements to leaders is to be active, to, to move, to do something. Even if sometimes we're like, is it working? Keep going, keep going, check in. It's actually better to do something than nothing. And then the nice part is if things are not working, you can change it versus it has to be perfect. If I thought of that before starting my business, I would have never started because so many different elements to that. Um, the third part is removing the ugly or getting rid of the ugly. Those are the limiting beliefs, the people in your life who say you can't do this, you're a loser, you're, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough talent. All those, even sometimes it's in our own heads, we have these stories. It's okay to let go and practice letting go of those stories and still do it anyway. Make sure you take good care of you, smile. Often it's good to have a good sense of humor, to laugh. <laughs> That's one thing that really helped me get through my business. A lot of stuff was going wrong and I just started smiling, laughing. We couldn't find the place and then the place fell through and we got a new roommate who was awesome, who loves ketchup and then the ketchup was gone. Just like little things that can be just ridiculous. <laughs> but you just have to keep going and you're like, you can do it, you can do it. So I'm sharing that with you because you can always, always figure out a way and it's good to get creative with that. The um, next three chapters are give, growth, and gratitude. And I think that's one of the best things I've learned from Gigi because I saw her when she was just getting started and she just gives so much of herself every day. And just, she's such a personable person. We had a party and literally the people are just magnetized here. They, when they saw her, they saw her voice and speaking, she just captivated an audience. And I just think how gracious, 
lovely and humble a person is to just give so much of herself and want so much for so many other people. But the growth, the gratitude, you can see her success. It just keeps growing and growing. I love these talks because they're amazing. And the gratitude, the appreciation, knowing that we're not here alone, that we literally do rely on God's grace, God's love to help us and thank God for God, because I don't think I'd be standing here. I got sick several years back and thank God for God to help me find a way, a holistic way, because my doctors were just pouring more antibiotics and steroids on my body and I wasn't really getting better. But I found more natural approaches to get healthy, to strengthen my bones and to be well long-term. So things that my doctor said, I'll never be able to do. I just finished my first marathon, just in my first bodybuilding competition. And my body's getting stronger than it ever was in my twenties. And I'm almost 50 now. Um, and then the last part is health. And I don't think we can ever, you know, minimize how important health is. We can't do anything without our own health. So every day, and I know as business leaders, we're busy. We have a lot on our plate, whether we're moms, we're caretakers, we're entrepreneurs, you know, just doing, dealing with so many things, juggling so many balls. But even if you are doing it, and I'm just going to encourage you, if you're sitting right now, and I am too, stand up. If you can just stand up for just a moment, if you're able to, to stand up and just take a nice deep breath in with a big smile bringing in some gratitude in your life, just appreciating what is your God's gift? What is something you can shine on the world to give back, to grow, to learn from, and making sure it's fueling you. Because sometimes some of the stuff we're told to do, but it doesn't fuel us. It's not our passion. So making sure whatever your gifts, if, even if it's a struggle, but it's something you love, you know it's important, go for it. And I really highly recommend knowing that you are enough. You're, again, God's child, and you are meant to thrive in this world. So take care of your health, make sure you hydrate, the little things do add up. So just drinking some more water, smiling more, again, bringing that sense of humor to life, joke around here and there, laugh, it's, it's so healthy. And we laugh to feel happy. It doesn't mean we don't have stressors, but we don't have to let that consume us or keep us down. We can always uplift knowing that we're here, we're in the midst of greatness, just, you know, this panel, we have so much support and love and know that your life has meaning. You have a beautiful voice. So take that reins of that and keep, keep going. Never, never give up on you. Mwah. Lots of love. Thank you, Dr. Tanya Gold. And congratulations on completing your first marathon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Tanya. You You're know, welcome. if anyone else would have wrote the book, Seven Habits, I'm very happy people. I don't think we'll be the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a pleasure being on the same platform for you. Thank you so much for your leadership. That means a lot. Our next speaker is Beata Severin Reed. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Beata is a demand change and transition coach, international speaker, and change maker. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Beata Severin Reed. Did I get that right, sister? You did it perfectly. <laughs> wow. Hi, I believe in a world where power dynamics do not have to be dreadful and destructive. Instead, they can be peaceful and productive. How many of you are hungry for healthy leadership? Yes. <laughs> and how many of you have ever felt trapped in a harmful leadership system? Ladies and gentlemen, the need for leaders, for leaders that will pioneer a healthy leadership style 
has never been more crucial than now. Just look around the world. What's going on? Yeah. You see, I was born behind the Iron Curtain in a small village in southern Poland. I witnessed unhealthy leadership firsthand, where a group of people obsessed with power and control dictated our lifestyle, controlled our freedom and our beliefs. Fortunately, throughout this time, I had a beautiful and, and just amazing power dynamic with my mother. She was a true leader to me. She used to say, kochanie. She used to say, baby, if you can't follow a leader, you better become one. Eventually, the old system of communism fell and I was free to move. I moved to the United States, mm -hmm. the country of my dreams. I was so eager to learn about healthy leadership and I quickly experienced reality. Wasn't my dream, trust me. I work for a manager who created an unhealthy power dynamic. Every day I was told how bad I am at my job and that I should probably just go back to where I came from. I felt powerless, lonely, and I didn't know what to do. But deep down, I knew that there must be a healthier way to lead. Then I remembered what my mother said. If you can't follow a leader, you better become one. So the question I now ask today is, why do we give so much power to the idea that power can't be peaceful and healthy? Why do we still follow the old school power dynamics that power needs to be forced and, force and fear-driven? What can we do in this new age of leadership to reverse that stigma? In search of becoming a leader, I have learned some outstanding characteristics that have been embraced by leaders who truly lead with a mindset of inner peace. These qualities are the core of what I call peaceful powered leadership. I will share three of these qualities with you. Quality number one, be hungry to learn. Leadership is about growth. To lead well, leaders must educate themselves about themselves. How can you serve others well if you don't know yourself first? How can you lead others without knowing yourself? A peaceful, powered leader is an aware leader. Quality number two, be willing to share. Peaceful powered leaders are not afraid to share their time, their knowledge, their resources. Peaceful powered leaders are not threatened by their people's success and take pride in helping them grow because developing more peaceful powered leaders is their life mission. And quality number three, be open to care. Do your people know that you care about them? Ladies and gentlemen, caring is simple, often requires as much as saying, I see you, I see your hard work, and I appreciate you. Leaders, 
be genuinely interested in your people and do not shy to tell them how proud you are to have them on your team. Because the truth is, when people feel seen, heard, and respected, they will do everything to make their leaders proud. Write this down. People may not remember what you said. People may not remember what you did for them. People will always remember how you made them feel. So the question I will ask each of you here is, are you ready to start using peace as the, as the new power in your business and in your life? The source of power that never runs out, especially in challenging times. If you are, please connect with me. I would love to hear your story and what you believe these free qualities can do for you. They changed my life and I know that they can change yours. And let me leave you with this. If I'm asked, how do I find my power? My answer is, you don't find power, you create power. Peace is the new power, leave it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Beata. Thank you, Beata. You create power, I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much for your leadership. Thank you. Our next speaker is Carrie Lee. He's a speaker, author, and vision expert. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Carrie Conley. Well, thank you all so much for having me here. This has been awesome so far. And I'm praying that they do not start mowing my lawn right out here. <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, so thank you. I am known as a vision expert, and I want to share three things with you all today in the short time that I have. First thing I want to share is why you need to have a vision is so important. I've spoken to thousands of people on this topic, and there's so many reasons vision is your victory. Um, one of them is that when you have a really, really clear vision for your life, it is so much easier to make better decisions with your time, your money, and the people you spend it with. I think right now, more than ever, we get so many demands on us and so many opportunities to do things, and it's hard for people to make the right decisions for a path that they should follow authentically for themselves. So when you have this clear written vision, it helps you say yes or no a lot faster especially with regards to the people that you spend your time with, uh, because we all know there's a power of association, right? So the other thing that I tell people why vision is so important is that it's impossible to achieve the bite-sized goals that you set for yourselves, let's say every year, without having it attached to a bigger vision of where you're going long-term. So this is why, you know, I think the statistics are that 88% of us have already given up on our resolutions and our goals at the beginning of the year that um, so far this year, right? We've already stopped and we've drifted and it's because it's not anchored in that bigger vision that you hold for your life and for yourself. The third reason um, having a great vision, what it helps with, and this is something very personal to me, is when you have a clear vision of your purpose and where you're going, it is it becomes the anchor in all of your storms of life. So many of us have gone through a lot of adversity, I think, and uh, especially the past couple of years. And it's, again, really easy for people to unplug from their path when they don't have that anchor of a vision and a purpose. 
I've had a lot of loss in my life in the past 10 years. And the reason I have been able to keep going is because I've been super anchored in my vision, my purpose for a really long time. But one of the last reasons I share with people why vision is everything is because vision is leadership. It's impossible to influence other people, which is also, again, John Maxwell talks about the, the, the definition of leadership is having influence on others, right? It's impossible to have influence on others if you have what I call a really wishy-washy kind of vision. You know, a lot of people I think right now are running around with a someday plan for their vision or um, what I call their hope and wish and prayer plan. I'm hoping it happens. I wish it'll, you know, come together. And that's just not a really powerful vision. I mean, I, do, I don't want to follow a leader that's saying, hey, I, I'm going to try this thing and kind of see how it works out. <laughs> <laughs> so clear vision that you can articulate so that other people can get behind it until they have a powerful enough vision of their own is really, really important in leadership. And what I mean by vision, what I do that's kind of different from the other visionaries out there is I get people, and here's a little exercise you all can do over the weekend, is I get people to get in a quiet space and with a journal or legal pad of paper, whatever you want to use, date it at the top as if it's three years out from that day. And then right after the date, put your age and the ages of your family members as if it's three years out. Because time and aging are non-negotiables. And what most people don't do, they, they might make a really pretty vision board with all the things they're hoping come together, but they're not putting any dates on things. So it's really hard to get excited about it. And it's impossible, again, to reverse engineer the plan and set down some baby step goals that you can do every year, every month, every week without that on paper. Right. So I hope that you guys will take the time to do that exercise. It's it's made all the difference in the world with the people that I have led, both in my personal life and in my businesses. The reason people have um, come up alongside me and, and have bought into the mission, so to speak, is because I've been very good at having a clear vision and being able to articulate that with excitement and with a lot of power behind it. So thank you all for having me here today. This is awesome information. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. You all are amazing. I hope everybody took down some notes because all these leads have been dropping some nuggets. You guys are picking them up. All right. On to our next speaker. My sister, Christy Love, she's an award-winning speaker, confidence and public speaking coach, executive teacher, author of the book, From Stage Fright to Superstar, and podcast host of the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Christy Love. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Lakeisha and Gigi. Always love being on your one of your panelists on your conferences. This is amazing. And today I did put together a leadership um, title called the Confident Leadership Immersion Blueprint. And so I'm going to give you three tips on that. But first, uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever uh, started a career and wanted to shatter the glass ceiling, but found it. It was so hard to do that. Well, let me just um, share my, my journey with you. My journey started about 19 years ago, and I was doing pretty much that. I got a, a great job at an absolutely amazing company. It's a Fortune 500 company, and I really wanted to climb the corporate ladder. I did all the things. I got the education I needed. I got uh, the background, the experience, right? And I pretty much got a company that allowed me to do that. However, there was one thing that was really stopping me or stopping my growth. And that was my inability to communicate. We're going to go over that a little bit more. But 
Uh, for me at that time, I couldn't communicate or talk to anyone. And if you think about it, I had a position where I was required to speak to leaders of other high-powered corporations, and I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk to anyone. I could look anyone in the eye. I couldn't speak to anyone face-to-face. I couldn't shake a hand. I couldn't even answer a phone call or leave a voicemail. It was that bad. So that's when I really dove headfirst into learning the art of becoming a masterful communicator and also learning some leadership skills along the way. So if you remember, I just told you I was working on climbing, right? That corporate ladder. I had everything I had behind me. However, there's a lot of things that um, I needed in, in form of tools to help me become a more effective leader. So I started by climbing the corporate ladder and then I began to become the face and voice of CEOs and now I have my own company. How did I do that? I learned three powerful, powerful tips. Number one is that you must be able to find problems. You have to be a, a, a problem finder in any company, whether that's your own company or the, that's working for someone else. Now, when you're looking for problems, one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to complain. You don't want to say, oh, the problem's here, and this is bad, and that's bad, and oh, woe is me, and oh, woe is the company, woe, woe is the department, oh, woe is the economy, right? But you want to seek out different problems because the next step is so very important, and that is you must be able to solve problems. Now, how do you solve problems? This is very, very important as well. You have to learn as much as you can about the industry, the department, your physician, everything you can to be able to find problems. I didn't even realize this till many, many years after I got my master's degree, That, but that was what my master's degree was all about, is finding different solutions to certain problems. So how do you do that? I want you to get outside of your comfort zone. Go to networking events, attend conferences like this, right, on a regular basis. Um, find industry news, uh, books. Uh, be involved in different communities, right, with like-minded individuals that also have information about, you know, your department or what you specialize in, right? And then lastly, be able to present that. And that's where people fall short. If they're not able to communicate and present in a way that uh, is confident, right? Speaks with clarity to get their message across and is competent as a respected leader, right? So once you're able to master the art of communication, that's when you're going to be heard. That's when you're going to be seen. That's when people are going to start to follow you because you are what now an expert in your field. And that's what you're going to need to do and know as you climb and then shatter that, that glass ceiling, right? And so we talked about some very important things finding problems, right? Becoming a problem solver. And the most important of all is to master the art of communication. So if you want to know more about how to master uh, the art of communication, becoming a more confident speaker and leader, join my Facebook group, the Powerhouse Women's Collective. I'm always sharing information about that. And I'm always on a, a panels of Gigi's and Dr. Lakeisha to add more value. So make sure you keep coming to these events to learn 
more and more how you can grow because as you grow, you're going to need to be able to handle that position and then more information and more information and more information as you expand to your greatest possible. Back to you, Dr. Lakeisha and Gigi. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Chrissy. Since you know, it's always a pleasure to hear you speak. Such powerful, powerful. I love it. Thank you so much for your leadership. Our next speaker is C. Poetic Stew. C. Poetic Stew is a leader, international speaker, destiny transformational coach, and poet born in the United States of America. She will motivate you with her energy and passion, speaking style that equips, encourages, and pushes individuals into their destiny. I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, C. Poetic Stew. Thank you. Thank you, Lakeisha. Thank you, um, Gigi, for having me this opportunity. I'm excited. I don't know about you, all this great information from the speakers on leadership. So everyone, of course, my name is Candace C. Poetic Stew. I'm known as the Destiny Coach. And also I've counseled individuals for over 20 years, um, assisting them to show up from military, executives, and just professional individuals. Now, I have a question for you. Ladies and gentlemen, how many of you ever thought or felt or had an idea? You know, you may be quiet or, you know, but you had an idea that can help a corporation, that can help the company. You probably say, well, you know, if they did this, this will run so much smoother. But you consider yourself quiet, like they won't listen to me. Have anyone been there? I know I have. So I'm gonna tell you about the leader within. And, and with the leader within, sometimes the leader within will have information that can change an organization, can change the structure. And I'm gonna tell you about a time that how the leader within me just merged out. I'm normally was an individual passionate about people. You know, if you see somebody, you speak to them, just passionate about people. Well, I remember when I was going to school, obtaining my master's for counseling, I had an idea and I just seen all the individuals, you know, you have all these different segments of classes to take while you're trying to figure out what your specialty would be. And I was like, well, wait a minute. If we wait till the end, we won't know what job or career to pursue. And you have people trying to find different jobs, stay there three to five years. So I had an ideal in college and I brought it to our counseling association, right? And the idea was, why don't we have a panel of different specialties to speak? And then that will help us at the beginning to learn which field will be best suited us, right? Now, during this, of course, everyone loved it. The students loved it. We had a panel of people. And the goal was to help individuals decide their career before they graduate, right? Okay, so of course it helped me as well. So I ended up getting, obtaining my job. We're still talking about the leader within, right? So I obtained this job, right? And when I got there, loving the job, like, yes, everything paid off. I, you know, I'm loving it. Well, this individual who'd been there 10 years said, hey, I'm retiring in one year. You better pick my brain or I recommend you try to find a job elsewhere because it's going to take the company a long time to get somebody. Now, you know, I'm like, well, thank you for being so honest. And with me, I'm like, okay, now I'm in my career two or three years in, right? And I'm like, well, she got a good point. I don't know if I want to take on the stress because I, we was working outstation. We had cases of 150 each. So if she leave, 
that would be 300. And then there was two other stations, right? Dr. Lakeisha James. I think, yeah, I think, I think we lost her. So we'll go on to the next speaker. Yes, she'll be back. <laughs> okay, so our next speaker is Linda Sunshine West. Linda is the CEO, founder of Women Action Takers, sharing your voice with the world, six times best-selling author, speaker, executive film producer of Which Man Movie. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Linda Sunshine West. Thank you so much for this, uh, this honor of being here. And I really was looking forward to what C Poetic had to share. So hopefully she'll be able to come back. You know, my topic today is called do it because you're scared. It's not in spite of the fear. It's not just do it anyway, because sometimes when you're in this state of mind of being fearful, you just can't move forward. And why did I pick this topic? Well, I grew up in a very volatile, abusive, alcoholic household. I ran away when I was five years old and I was gone an entire week. The first question people always ask me is, where'd you go? So I ran away just to the neighbor's house. But for all intents and purposes, I was gone forever because I planned on being gone forever. Well, after a week, my mom called the neighbor up and said, Linda's been gone long enough. You can send her home now. Well, what happened was when I came home, I came home riddled with fears and I became a people pleaser. And my fear and people pleaser mentality would guide me for the next 46 years until I was 51 years old. At 51, I found a life coach and she helped me to kind of like start to unravel who was this person inside, the one that's wanting to come out, but was too scared to come out. And I found that person. So in 2015, I realized, I, like it hit me over the head, January 1st, 2015. I have so many fears. I'm going to break through a fear every single day this year and see what happens. So I went on this journey to break through a fear every single day. And I got to tell you, my entire life has changed for the better by doing that. And I realized as I was going through this year, that the more fears that I broke through, I like to say I was exercising my fear muscle. I know it's not a muscle, but I was practicing breaking through fear every single day. Not only practicing, I was being successful every single day. So what I discovered was that when we break through fears, the majority of time, maybe 95, 99% of the time, the result, we're gonna be either proud of ourselves we're going to be glad that we did it. We're going to have an amazing result. So why are we, why are we, re, re, um, why are we holding that back from having that beautiful result of success? Well, oftentimes it's, you know, the fear of failure, the fear of success. We have so many different fears, but what I discovered is that the majority of fears are based on the fear of judgment. So if we could eliminate just that one fear from our lives, that one fear, that fear of judgment, imagine how our lives will change. I was never, ever in my life imagining myself writing a book, let alone I am now a 13 times number one international best-selling author. I never thought I would interview the president of Mexico in his presidential suite, but I have done that. That was always for those people. That was my belief. I have now become one of those people. So it's really interesting. Just when we tackle those fears, what can we do? What can we change in our lives? How can our lives completely transform? Can it be scary to transform? Yes. But is it worth it? You have to ask yourself that question. 
I only know the answer to me and that I am been grateful that I raised my hand that first day and I said, I am ready to break through fears because I'm scared. I'm going to leave you with one last thing. And that is we cannot have faith and fear at the same time. So think about that. When you are fearful, what does that mean? Your faith is weak. It's time to tap into that faith, the faith in yourself, the faith in others around you, and the faith in your higher power. I believe in God, so it's God for me. Tap into all three of those faiths, and guess what? Your fear will be squashed a little, maybe squashed a lot, and maybe completely eliminated. Faith erases anxious reactions. Fear. Faith erases anxious reactions. My name is Linda Sunshine. I hope I added some value to this conference. Thanks so much for having me here, Lakeisha and Gigi. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. I love that, Linda. Thank you so much for your leadership. Our next speaker is Lachelle Atkins. Lachelle Atkins is known to the world as America's Supermom. She's America's Supermom. Lachelle is a survivor of depression. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Lachelle Atkins. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for having me. Um, I'm ready to jump out of an airplane, uh, Linda, <laughs> after that uh, speech. Um, but I am really excited to be here today. Leadership is something that I could always use a lot of. I am the mother of 15 children, and we currently have 10 that are still at home. So every day is really an adventure. So I am here to talk to you about really being a leader of ourselves. That's the first step. And so we really do this daily with a smile. So for me, SMILE is an acronym that I um, created during the pandemic because uh, as uh, Dr. Uh, James mentioned, I did suffer from depression for 13 years and three hospitalizations. And so as we are going through this challenging time that a lot of us have never even um, thought how it could be as crazy as it has been, uh, not prepared for it at all. The rug completely pulled out from underneath us. You know, it is a time where a lot of people are trying to find themselves to really get some clarity, get a strong foundation of where they are. And um, it really took a toll on our emotional well-being and also our mental state of mind. I've seen my kids transition so much from uh, really turning into young men and women because of the different challenges that they've had to face, learning the importance of breathing, of meditating, of, you know, thinking about the positive. Our conversation is not even the same. So for me, a smile is a way to be proactive when we are faced with chaotic things that are out of our control. And so it is an acronym for five key areas that I have found that if we check in with these areas daily, it can help us to stay mentally and physically well. So the first element is sleeping, making sure that you are getting adequate amount of sleep. I know many of us are entrepreneurs, but this is really an opportunity for us to think about what are some things we can delegate? Uh, what kind of systems can we implement that can run on autopilot so that we can get the proper rest that we need every day? The next element is your mood. Are you snapping at people? Are you snapping at your kids? You know, what is your demeanor every day when you get up? You know, these are the things that really can impact your day, your outlook, your communication with other people. So if your mood is not right, 
think about what are some ways that you can curb that, change it, you know, some different habits that you need to probably implement. The next thing, which is really important, is your inner voice. So during my depression, people might have complimented me on my kids, how well behaved they were, uh, how good they're doing in school, but it didn't matter against my own voice that was telling me that I was a failure because I wasn't doing what I thought I should have been doing. So when you think about your inner voice, what is it saying? Is it really an ally or is it an enemy? And if you find that there is a disconnect, then that is one area that you can start working on with affirmations, taking the time to meditate, really slowing down, starting to prepare for whatever it is that you may feel that you are not adequate enough in. You know, we already are enough. And if we just get quiet enough and listen to that inner voice, that would be the great thing that can help us to guide us on our journey. The next thing is laughter. And Dr. Tanya mentioned this earlier. Laughter is so important. It's a great transition. You know, if you're having one of those days, turn on some cat videos, dog videos, uh, <laughs> just some jokes, comedy, whatever on YouTube, on your phone. You know, that is a great transition to stop you from being in that downward spiral that can happen at a moment's notice. We could all be doing fine. We get the uh, news that a loved one is sick or uh, something else happens somewhere in the world. So it's important to make sure that we uh, definitely have some harmony with laughter so that we can balance that. And then the last thing is your energy. You know, how are you showing up to things? Are you tired? Do you feel like you have to drink energy drinks all the time or coffee? Whatever it is, those are some things that you can really be proactive with. And that a lot of it deals with your diet and water consumption. So you want to make sure that you're eating right in order for you to maintain the right kind of energy to show up in the way that you uh, would like to show up in the world. So those are the elements of a smile. And you can give that away to other people and keep one for your own. And remember, a simple smile every day can keep mental sickness away. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. What was that I again? Because I'm just up here marking off what I have. What I oh, do inner, voice. <laughs> inner voice. Inner voice. You guys got that? That smile? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your leadership, Michelle. Our next speaker is Jamie Kerr. Jamie is the founder of MindKite and the Jet Set. You can find them on Instagram at the underscore jet set underscore mindset and YouTube MindKite. I'm sorry, getting to the time side there. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Jamie Kerr. Hi, everyone. And thank you, girls, for having me. Thank you, Dr. Keisha, for that introduction. But what I am going to do is introduce myself. And at the end of this speech, I'm going to tell you why that's important. So my name is Jamie Kerr. I'm the UK's leading success strategist. I'm the founder of MindKite and the Inspired by You MindKite podcast. I'm also a best-selling author. And I say that not to brag or boast or be grand, but I say it because I want to inspire everyone here today to let them know it's possible for them too. You can achieve these things. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you today about confidence. And not just confidence, but competence. And I think competence is a more profound word. 
Many of the world's biggest mistakes have been made by incompetent people. Doing so in the greatest, or doing so with the greatest of confidence. So confidence without competence is actually a dangerous thing. So what I want to do is, I want to talk to you about confidence today. One of the, one of the main questions I get asked all the time is, you're very motivated, you're very confident, how do I become more confident? And you see, there's a couple of parts to this. So part one is about knowledge. And part two is about the physiology. It's a physical thing. So the knowledge, you have to get competent in what you're doing. And once you're there, you can repeat that process. And with repetition comes mastery. Bruce Lee said, I fear not the person that has practiced 10,000 kicks one time, but I fear the person that practices one kick 10,000 times. So there's power in repetition. There's power in mastery. And the second part is physical. To become confident, we have to take action. We have to act upon our competencies. So we take our competency and we put it into action. And from the action, we gain results. And from those results, we gain little bits of confidence. We start to rewire our belief systems. Our brain tells us, do that again. Look, you got a result. So what we do is we take our competence, we give it some action, we get a result, we gain a little more confidence again. So we go round in this cycle and our brain says, yes, I like that. Self-belief kicks in. Your belief system grows. Everything increases. Your competence increases. The actions you take increase. By default, the results increase. And we're left with a more confident individual. And putting this cycle into repetition, it will grow our self-belief. It will increase our mastery. It will give us results beyond our wildest dreams. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you take action, people take note. When you get results, people take note. When you believe in your own ability, people take note. Confidence is a byproduct of the action you take. Competency is a byproduct of repetition. And I promise you this, ladies and gentlemen, if you take massive action today and you repeat that process, you will not only change your life and the lives of people around you, but you can live a life of both competency and confidence. And I'd really like to leave you with a few words today from one of my mentors, Les Brown. Les says, think about the words before you say them, because when you open your mouth, you let the world know who you are. So ladies and gentlemen, these are my words said in competence and confidence. Take massive action. Get the results you deserve. Stand up tall, speak out loud, and walk with confidence 
that you've earned. Because in life, you're not responsible for the whole thing, just your part in it. And I'd like to just go back to that introduction that I gave myself, because if you do not know what part you play yet in your life, and you're struggling to find confidence or even competence, then I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to write down your name because I know you know that. I want you to write down what you work as, or if you're unemployed, you write down that. And I want you to write down what you stand for because I know you know that. So that's three things you can be competent and confident about any day of the week. So don't struggle. You can be competent and you definitely can be confident. And thank you for the time today. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. This is good, you guys. You guys enjoy this? So many nuggets been dropped. Thank you so much, Jamie, for your leadership. And we're going to bring back up C Poetic so she can give the conclusion. Is she here? I just saw her. Yes, ma'am. She dropped off. Okay. You're on. You're on C Poetic. We're, we're waiting on your conclusion. Wait on your conclusion. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry about that. You know what? I was enjoying myself and a little technical difficulty there. But you know what? Even with that, I was still smiling. John Maxwell says, great attitude precedes great opportunity. Who you are determines what you see. So in conclusion to this, you know, the story I was telling on, we're talking about leading within. I end up in this uh, field that I was in after um, I graduated and the lady said, okay, she retires within a year. So either I can either try to find another job because she said it will take at least six months before they're able to put someone there. Now the average person would be like, yeah, well, thank you and try to pursue a career somewhere else. I've been three years in, right? Well, we're talking about the leader within. I started thinking about that. I said, well, I know how to run this office and we're dealing with money over millions of money with people's college educations, giving them stipends. It was just so many factors there. And I said, it wouldn't make sense to leave and have somebody else coming in. We're talking about the leader within. So within that, I say, end up running three stations, but I want you to write something down. That's my story. What is your story? You have a leader within you. There's three things you may want to write down. You got to have a vision. You know, the good book says, write the vision. And he that read it will run with it, right? So you got to have a vision for your organization. You got to have a vision for your life. It, the leader within. And even on that, a, lead, uh, a vision for your business. The second thing, Ackman. Okay, with Ackman, even the book Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Okay, it says leaders possess understanding of the broader issues affecting expertise in organization. So you gotta have acumen. What will affect the organization? Coming in, look at the end results, even if you're at the beginning and also plan. And you got to have courage to lead. I'm here to tell you, I would not been successful in that position before I transitioned as a destiny coach. I led over 600 individuals pursuing their destiny getting stipends that they sought me out when I left because <laughs> because I was in a situation whereas I was able to work with them till they graduate but that's my story I want you guys to lead within and even as Gigi um hosted this global conference as a great leader there's something in you as Les Brown says there's greatness in you let's lead within thanks thank you all and thanks for having me amen thank you Candice
Thank you, Candice. Listen, you guys get me excited. I got so many notes over here. Thank you, Candice, for your leadership. Our next speaker is Jennifer Watson. Jennifer Watson, M-P-T-I-M-T-C. She got a lot of initials behind her name. Jennifer is the owner of Jennifer Watson Leadership. Is a dynamic speaker and coach with a gift for intuitive and visionary coaching. She is an expert in wellness, plus leadership development, identity and mental age enhancement, high performance, post-trauma growth, movement and change adaption, and soul-aligned living mastery. Mm, mm, mm. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Jennifer Watson. It is such an honor to be here. I've gotten so many jewels from this too. And the energy in this room is great. Thank you so much for having me, everybody. As she mentioned, I am Jennifer Watson and I am a high performance leadership coach. And what I really tap into a lot with a lot of my profound leaders is intuition. That's what we're talking about today with my talk, intuitive mastery. But many of us, how many of us here, I know I have, wonder what intuition really is. It's kind of like this woo-woo phrase, but we know we supposedly all have it. How many of us? I know I have, and a lot of people and leaders I work with feel that way, but guess what, everyone? It's often seen as the superpower for so many powerful leaders. People like Oprah, Elon Musk say they utilize intuition over data and stats for major decisions. LinkedIn, I think the head scientist said that they looked at a lot of the companies and they utilize intuition in conjunction with data to actually amplify their success. So many leaders in 2020 to 2022 show that they were implementing intuition along with data and sometimes intuition more with powerful decisions. And there is my story. I won my first business, everyone, in 2008 crash based off intuition when everyone said I shouldn't do it. And guess what? Uber and I did very well that year, okay? <laughs> Didn't quite make as much money, but we did fine that year. This is a beautiful gift, and I believe all leaders need to tap into it more effectively, more efficiently than ever before. And there's different characteristics to help you accelerate it more, pro more proficiently. And when you do that, Research also shows you have you can triple your productivity. You can accelerate your performance when you dial in your unique intuition. Why? Because intuition is really antennas to your soul purpose, your vision. A couple of you have been talking about vision today, what your vision is for your company. You make more powerful decisions when you're aligning your choices with your intuition. So today, I just want to give you three separate tools I use with my clients. I use myself to help you to start Start optimizing your intuition in your day in day out activities, work, home and beyond. So how do you activate your unique intu intuition? Because all of us have a different sense in how we describe it. The first you want to call you want to look at what I call five senses analysis. And what I mean is a lot of us feel intuition in different areas of our body, but we also activate our other senses often when we're feeling highly intuitive or something just feels right. For instance, I'm a person that feels it in my gut, but I hear something in my mind, like, Jennifer, you just need to do this. Maybe you're more a visual person. Maybe you're more of a smeller. Maybe you're more kinesthetic, like a feeler. But you want to start playing with your five senses along with what you feel in your body. That is really important because if you've never really honed your intuition, you got to learn to play with it and see how it uniquely shows up in your body. And how do you do that? How do you activate your five senses or activate your unique intuition? 
intuition, you got to play with it in your environment, everybody. Go to a place that makes you happy. Where do you feel it in your body? Do things that you know just feel right and see what gets activated in your body. What sense seems to be primary when you feel like it just feels right? That's the first step, just playing with it. You can't really amplify your intuition until you test it, see what it feels like, retest, test and retest. Start playing with your unique intuition. The second tool is really integrating that dominant intuition into your environment when it's a tough environment. How many of us have a hard time tapping into our intuition when we're having an adversarial moment or a tough decision we have to make? Often that's when intuition is going to show up. It's going to tell you to do something that isn't something you usually do. It'll come off almost ironically counterintuitive, but you have to practice it in tough environments and see how it goes. And during this phase, everyone, when you do that in tough environments and it works out to your favor, it establishes confidence. Someone was talking about that earlier today. Confidence breeds momentum to start utilizing intuition more, not just for easy decisions, but for tough decisions, environments that create a tough opportunity for intuition to really flourish. That's the secret for tool number two. And number three, my favorite, we're taking it home, what we call the seven levels deep intuitive framework. How many of us have heard about the seven levels deep questions we should ask ourselves to get to a powerful answer? You can do that with intuition as well. If you feel intuitive about something, but you're kind of questioning it, you keep asking the question, why? Why do I want this? Why do I want it? Seven times. And it finally gets down to the core of what you desire. And if it is in alignment with the vision you have for your company, it's your intuition. Remember, it's the, the antenna is actually to your soul, to your vision, why you are here. When you dig deeper, you get to the root. Is it fear or intuition? And getting to that seven levels deep will allow you to get that power question that allows you to see if it's intuitive or not, if it's aligned with your vision or not. So those are the three tools that you guys can start playing with to start activating your unique intuition. Test your five senses, play in different fun environments, see where you feel it, integrate those dominant senses into tough environments. You got to let it shine in areas where you don't think it's going to work. It's going to breed confidence when it does. And third, getting those seven levels deep questions, the powerful question number one, and see if it's aligned with your vision. If it is, it's a go. Your intuition, everyone, never lies. It is, again, antennas to your soul. When you do that, you will become unstoppable in powerful decision-making for your leadership, your leaders that you're breeding in your own company and, um, and beyond. I can't wait for you guys to try these different tools. I'm Jennifer Watson. Thank you so much, Lakeisha and Gigi, for having me. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much for your leadership. You guys are awesome. If I haven't said it, I know I have said it, but you guys are just really dropping some nuggets. Um, next speaker is Paul Can. He is a high-performance and executive leadership coach. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Paul Can. Everyone, I'm Paul. Thank you so much, Gigi, for having me back again. I mean, these are always awesome. And Dr. Lakeisha is always an amazing master of ceremonies. Thank you so much for, for creating this. You know, the beautiful thing about leadership is that there's so many facets to it. And I think a lot of times when we think about leadership, we're thinking about what are the things I need to do more of so that I can create more, create more profits, create more sales, create better performance. But one thing that I want to talk to you about today is not doing more. I'm going to talk to you today about being. Being, which starts with you. 
And today I want to talk about authenticity because it's a word that's thrown around a lot. We see a lot around authenticity being this hot topic, but I really want to dive deep into why authenticity, when you leverage it in your life, in your leadership, it can be your superpower. And so why am I talking about authenticity and, and why am I such a stand for authenticity? Well, I want to share with you my story where 13 years ago, I came out as a transgender man and I went right back into the closet because I was terrified of people finding out about my past and finding about who I was. And that if, if they did, that I would be rejected and, and I would be ostracized and I would lose everything and everyone in my life. And so I thought that if I worked more, if I had more accolades, if I did more, that people would finally see that I am enough. I would finally feel that I am enough and that I would feel worthy of being as good as anyone else. And so I buried myself in work and I would just work and work and I became this workaholic. And I thought that, hey, you know what? If I work hard enough, I'm going to have my work speak for me. And it wasn't until I was creating amazing results at work, but then I realized I kept being passed over for promotion after promotion. And my director sat me down and he said, you know what, Paul? I know that you work incredibly hard. And maybe 10 or 20 years ago, that would have gotten you a promotion, but that's not the case today. And I realized in that moment that, I had spent so much time stuffing myself in a box, hiding my gifts, being terrified to be seen, that people around me actually didn't see my gifts and didn't see me for who I was because I didn't see me for who I was. And you think that this would only be in my life, you know, where I could silo it in terms of I was only hiding at work. But if anything, it was showing up all across my life and it was affecting my mental health. It was affecting my physical health and it was affecting relationships in my life, especially my marriage. And I found myself at one point in my life where I had a six-figure job. I was living in a penthouse. I was traveling all around the world. On the outside, everything seemed amazing. But then I found myself falling apart. I had no joy in my life. And my marriage was on the verge of separation. And I realized that if something didn't drastically change in my life, that I would really end up losing everything and everyone in my life. And that's when I really dove deep to really do the inner work and really figure out what, what is it that's truly holding me back and I realized that at the very core of it, I did not give myself permission to be me. I did not, at the very core of it, accept me for who I was. And I realized that that was the very key to me holding myself back. And I finally gave myself permission to be authentically me. Then I realized I also had the power to empower and inspire other people to do the same, to step into their spotlight and own their power and own their voice. And when I stepped into my authenticity for the first time in my life, it has opened so many doors for me to the point where I landed, I, I landed a TED Talk, which I'm going to be speaking at my, my hometown actually next month. I'm traveling all around the world to speak to people about the power of authenticity, why it is their superpower, and I really get to support leaders and bring out the very best in their teams because I know what it's like to not be seen, to not be heard, but want to be seen and want to be heard, but knowing that it starts within me. And so how do you start being authentic? You know, you just, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't even know where to start. Well, guess what? I have some great news for you because guess what? Authenticity, like anything else, it takes practice. It's like a muscle. And today is the best day to start. Day one is always the best day today. And so there's four keys to it in terms of really owning your authenticity and turning into your superpower. And it starts with knowing yourself, connecting to yourself, trusting yourself at the very core of it, loving yourself. And so when I say knowing yourself, it sounds like it's very easy. Well, I do know myself, but you know, I would challenge you to do an exercise where you go to two people in your life that you know, love and trust and ask them to write down things to describe you. And I want you to sit down and do the same exercise and describe yourself. 
And in all the times I've done this with my clients all across the world, one thing that has came back is that people see us way more than we see ourselves. I will guarantee that what other people are describing in terms of how amazing you are is going to be way less than what's actually on your list. And the reason is because we are often lions looking at ourselves in the mirror and all we see are these kittens looking back. And it's so easy to hold up the mirror and see everybody else's gift, but we're not so great at seeing ourselves. So my number one you know, t- challenge and key for you is how do you get to start seeing yourself and see what other people see in you? And second is connecting to yourself. We're very good at being distracted by these things called phones, social media, TV, you know, media all over the place. It is such a busy world that often we are so busy doing things, we forget to really pause and be in the present moment. We're either looking in the past and thinking about, you know, what have, should have, could have, what I used to be, or looking in the future of, you know, when I have that, then I will. But then what we're missing is being present with what's in the moment, being present with who you are, being present and connected with what's coming up for you in the moment and being connected to the people around you. And you can only be connected with yourself in order for other people to connect with you. The next piece is trusting yourself. Trusting yourself is also one of those things where it's a muscle that you get to practice. And I think it was Jamie that had brought up around being in action and practicing and practicing. Well, that's what trust is because trust can only happen when we first have the courage Second, to step into courageous action and then creating confidence. And when we start collecting evidence of ourselves bit by bit by being in courageous, committed action, that's when you can start building trust in yourself. And when you trust yourself, other people build trust in you. And that's how you can really show up in your authentic leadership. And lastly, loving yourself. It's one of those things that we talk a lot about, but when you really think about, you know, why do those Marvel superheroes, those Avengers, they put their lives on the line to go and save others? You know, is it really because of their superpower? Well, at the very core of it, it's actually because they believe in the very core of themselves that they matter. It's the very core phrase of I matter. And when you truly believe that you matter, that you are worthy and enough just as you are, no matter what, then whatever superpower you have within you gets activated. It's that moment when, you know, you see in those superhero movies that they realize that the superpower has always been within them. And so my challenge for you today is to look at, you know, what are the superpowers within you? It's not outside of you. It's not things that you have to achieve or things you got to do. It is already there. And what could be possible for you if you give yourself permission today to step into your authenticity, to access your superpower that has always been within you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank, Thank you. you so much for your leadership. Very powerful. Very powerful. Our next speaker is Joy Asuki Roll. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. She is the founder and executive director of the Ministry of Care, acronym MOC. MOC's mission is to help local communities in the U.S. and globally. Joy has traveled on mission trips, which include medical, dental, and humanitarian services to 10 nations. Haiti, Nigeria, Togo, Cameroon, Uganda, and Ukraine, Trinidad, and Tobago, Kenya, Tanzania, and Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Joy Usuki Roll. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay, thank you. And um, thank you, Gigi. I met you by, to my husband, and uh, thank you, Dr. Lakisha. I had everyone, I had everyone speaking. But I'm a girl coming from the back where I don't know anything. I don't know, you know, when they say lesbian, I say, who is Les Brown? I came from a, um, a village in Nigeria because it's so strange how people can say Africa. 
Africa as if it's a, it's a, a nation. Africa is a continent with 54 nations. So I happen to come from there and they call it dark continent and dark people, we're not. Our mindset was brainwashed where we feel that you are nothing. So coming out from that environment, I saw women that lose their husband and people take things from them. They don't have no power to take care of their children. So that mindset was bothering me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to help, how to help them. So fortunately, my late husband was here going to school, came home and married me. Whoa. He married an illiterate. And what I mean, I literally said, I was very intelligent. I didn't know how to put gas. I didn't know how to do anything. But I know, I said, I believe the word faith, that faith is a bridge that can take me from where I am to where I was going or where I want to go. That's why I know. So as a young girl, look, I don't know, I will tell you I don't know anything. But when I came, I started watching. So within that, I began to live again. Suddenly, the only hope I had just died, left me with four children. No, don't know how to do guys, don't know how to do anything. I said, whoa, what? They say you can get social security. What is that? People help me. Then I remember. So my own leadership started from, I don't know anything, but I remember. I am an Esther. I'm going home to help my people. So I started with empowerment. I'm good to, then I traveled back to Africa and I saw all these women. I said, Lord, I want to invest my pain, not my money, not my joy. So with that pain, living for children, I travel. I said, come on, I'm experiencing the same thing. So I'm coming from the part of leadership, of empowerment, servant leader. My hands is always cooking. My hands is always serving. Sometimes I put my shoulder for them to cry. They say, you came from America, you're hugging me. Yes, I do. What do you mean by that? So I believe in servant leadership to empower. I don't believe in copy. I believe in original because carbon copies can fail, but original is it in the start. So I'm learning from all of you. But today, by God's grace, I am, I don't like to write, I, but now I am an author that is bestseller. I now know who Les Brown is. I can listen to people. I learn, I listen, I Google, I do everything. So my leadership comes from to serve. My team is called to serve. I am an Esther, I'm going back to help. I am a Nehemiah, I'm going back to help. Though I have got everything, but I am called to serve. And so my conclusion is called to serve to empower, called to serve to pain, that pain of holding four children without knowing what to do. I'm going back to help them. And today, I am so happy that I see young girls come and say, because of you, I can stand. Because of you, your husband, my husband died, I can stand. Because of you, joy, I'm no more sorrowing. Because of you, joy, I have strength. Even though I didn't have what it takes, but I have G-O-D. The one who takes me the bridge from where I am to where I'm going. Thank you, and God bless you all. Thank you, Joy. And I second that all things are possible with God. Amen. I ditto, ditto, ditto. Thank you so much for your leadership, Joy. And before we continue with our final speakers, I would like to give a shout out to all our sponsors. 
Ragne Sinika, she's the founder of World Women's Conference and Awards, Women Entrepreneurs TV, Change Makers Coach, Public Speaker. Michael D. Butler, CEO of Beyond Publishing, Book Publisher, Global Speaker, Media Coach. Daniel Gomez, keynote speaker, corporate trainer, executive coach, confidence architect, and author. Melanie Ake, she is the founder of Everyday Leader. She is also a certified John Maxwell leadership coach. And last but not least, myself, Dr. Lakeisha James. I am the owner and founder of Designer Events by Lakeisha. And when we present our last speaker, we're going to have a, about two to three minutes of closing remarks from our host, Gigi Sabat. And then, of course, we're going to close out prayer by myself. So our next speaker is, I'm sorry, Makuba Masango. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. She's the Angelity Mind Shift speaker and coach, child advocate, real estate investor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Makuba Masango. I'm sorry Thank if I did. Thank you very much, Dr. Lakeisha. <laughs> Thank you, Gigi, for this opportunity. Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes ma'am. Perfect. Reports by the International Labor Organization in 2020 indicated 255 million people lost their jobs, affecting over 115 million families, part-time, full-time resulting into $3.7 trillion of labor loss. As a leader, what does that tell you? To me, as a leader in my industry, I have to agree with Charles Darwin, who said it's not the strongest species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the one who is most responsive to change. You see, as leaders, the traditional areas of tall and traditional organizational structures no longer face us. As we grow from the industrial revolution to up to 2022, leaders, you have a responsibility to change with those times. You have a responsibility to be able to understand that leadership changes based on your environment and a generation. We are called as leaders to be very, very uniquely in the platforms where we are, as visionaries, as excellent game changers and inspirational motivators, to be able to serve enough people to give them what they want so they give us what we want. And in turn, we make the world better. So what kind of leadership are you? I'd like to share a story with you. In 2020, during spring break, I went to Maryland with my daughter who was then in second grade. As a senior agility mind shift strategist and business coach, I was working for a healthcare company. And they had planned that we would be returning back to the office. So we would go from three times a week working remote and back into the office. Well, as we know, after spring break, I found myself in a different role. Not only had my client bought this fabulous building and moved us to come into work, I got a new role as a homeschool teacher because the elementary school that my daughter goes to, everywhere was shut down. And so my client had to change their modus operandus. While they were ready because we were already working from home, my daughter's school, which had been in functioning for over 40 years 
and great educators, teachers did not know how to use Zoom or Teams. So they would send us work papers home. And I have to praise the teachers of our educational system because patience is a virtue. You have to know who you are and know who you are to be able to serve. And I realized that teaching is not my gift, but they were not ready. As leaders, we have to be ready. And you may ask, how can we be ready? Well, for one, we need to embrace an agility mind shift. You see, your mindset can be ready as a leader, but if you do not move, you become stagnant. You need to embrace an agility mind shift because if not, if not, it's not a pandemic, it will be something else. And of the businesses that have closed over the past couple of years, there are those that didn't because not only that, they were able to respond to change, they were able to embrace change. So how do you embrace an agility mind shift as a leader? Well, for one, you need to be able to connect your accomplishments of the people that work for you. We rely on people to be able to get our dreams and goals, whether you're in a nonprofit, whether you serve in the church, whether you serve in corporate America. If anything, COVID has shown us that the cut and dry approach of leadership no longer works. Makuba, you finished? No. And so with that approach of embracing an agility mind shift, what is it gonna take? You see, water does not break through a rock because of its pressure. It breaks through a rock because of its persistence. And as leaders, we need to be persistent in disrupting the status quo and not being stagnant. Next on our list, we need to be able to connect with one another. The old traditional approaches of making communication on a need to know basis no longer works. We have to have that open transparency and share leadership for a common cause because now people need to feel meaningful in the work that they do. And we need to allow teams to grow and being in an agility mind shift, that simply means if there's a tsunami that affects your business, you got it covered. If COVID comes and affects your business, you got it covered. If Ebola comes and affects your business, you got it covered. So how do you prepare for that? Lastly, align yourself with like-minded leaders who take no for an answer because they're serving from a servant leadership perspective from their heart with passion and empathy because they're focused on their outcomes and not meeting obsessive deadlines. People and humanistic nature are more important because if you give enough people what they want, they will give you what you want. And as my mentor Les Brown would say, leaders, you are the limitations that you make. Thank you, this is Makuba Acha and I am complete. Thank you, Makuba. Thank you, Makuba, for your leadership. Extraordinary. Listen, I just, you know what? I just have to say this again. You guys are rock. Like this has been a phenomenal event. You guys just rock on so many levels. 
So we do have our last speaker is Pastor Nadine Grisby. Nadine has been married to Lieutenant Pastor Quincy Grisby for over a decade. Together, they are the proud parents of four miracle children. They are both humanitarians in their community and abroad. Nadine and Quincy founded three companies to support causes in their community that they are passionate about and have traveled to Haiti and Nigeria to work as missionaries. They are both recipients of many Nobel Awards, including Quincy's recognition in 2017 for his missionary service in Haiti and Nadine's recognition as a distinguished professional in her field through Women of Distinction magazine, receiving the USA President's Volunteer Service Award in 2021 and the ambassadorial appointment to the United Nations in 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Nadine Grisby. Thank you so much. I, um, I must say that I've gleaned so much from every one of these speakers tonight. And it's truly a pleasure to be in this platform. I wanna say thank you to one of my mentors, uh, Evangelist Joy Oswiki Rowe, who's one of our speakers today for introducing me along with um, C Poetic Stew to this platform. I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Lakeisha James and Gigi for having me. Uh, today I'm tasked with speaking about um, servant leadership. And the truth is to be a servant, to be a leader is to serve, to serve others. Um, that's what life is all about. My greatest role model, my greatest leader uh, as an ordained pastor is uh, Jesus Christ. I just love his model of leadership. And then while he was on earth, he said, whoever wants to be a leader among you must first be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become a slave. And I've adopted that in my life because being a leader means that you are able to love and respect the people that are in your care. Right, using your authority with grace. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO of an organization or the volunteer of a church or wherever you are uh, in leadership, we must learn how to lead by serving others. Um, in order for us to also be great leaders, we have to be the best versions of ourselves. And I'm gonna to try to touch on both of them in the next four minutes, right? So there are some qualities that I've adopted in my life that can also work for you as a leader. Um, whether you're a charismatic leader or you are a transformational leader, whatever you consider yourself, you have to learn to serve with integrity. And that might be perhaps the most important quality. We have to be honest as leaders. Number two, I, I employ humility. I, I carry several titles. I'm an ambassador to the United Nations, an ordained pastor, uh, all types of things. I have more <laughs> titles or degrees than the thermometer, like they say. But I don't know everything. And we have to sometimes admit to ourselves that we don't know everything and we can learn from anyone. We, we can be so proud. And number three, we have to be flexible. Servant leaders practice flexibility. They are willing to adopt to their situations and their surroundings. You're able to work with people and communicate with them. And again, that takes humility. And um, I also employ resilience. I, uh, I believe that life will always have challenges. 
um, fights that we cannot win, mountains that we can't climb. There'll be dark valleys <laughs> where no visibility is in sight. But what do you do as a leader? In the midst of those challenges, you have to remember that God is your constant. With love, with strength, with patience, and with practice, you can be a servant leader or a great leader. And in order to be a great leader, like I said, you have to be the best version of yourself. What does it mean? That you have to live a life that cultivates discipline. As leaders, we ought to be disciplined because you cannot ask someone to do what you will not do. And discipline entails, number one, visualizing your perfect self. You wake up every day and think, hey, I know who I am and I'm gonna make sure that I live my best life. Just have a, a visible mental image of who you are or called to be. Identify your callings, identify your gifts and your passions. And number two, tackle your goals. It's good for us to start with a mindset of having um, goals. You have long-term goals and short-term goals. Once you have goals and you're tackling it, that's what makes it different. And be a finisher. Finish what you started. I'm 42 years old, and I had a, an associate degree for many years. And I decided to go back to school, <laughs> right? I got good jobs with the associate degree, I'm telling you. I went back to school last year. I got my bachelor's degree this year. I'm matriculated in a master's program. I'm finishing in December. And I've identified some other things that I want to do with my life. And I feel like as a leader, a servant leader, as being the best version of yourself, you have to bring, uh, you have to bring uh, value to the people that are around you, to the organizations that are around you, and to the people in your life. I'm a mother of four, so I'm always leading, right? I'm leading four children, which is my first role. So today I challenge you to live a servant leadership type of life. Add value to those that are around you. Treat people like you want to be treated. Exercise um, the gift of, of uh, you know when I say treat others like you want others to treat you, what is it? The golden rule. Practice the golden rule, right? So I will close by saying just uh, add value to others, be a servant leader, and treat everyone like you would like to be treated. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Nadine. Yes, thank you, Pastor Nadine. Thank you so much for your leadership. Now, at this time, we will have closing remarks by our host, Gigi Sabat, you know, the woman that knows how to bring people together for the greater good. Yes, and then we'll have a closing prayer by myself. Thank you, Dr. James. And thank you to our amazing speakers and our sponsors. I truly appreciate, appreciate each and every one of you and to everyone who attended today as well. And now, ladies and gentlemen, write this down, P-A-C, PAC. The P is for patience, patience. No matter if you're at work or if you work from home, always remember to have patience. Patience truly matters. And now the A in is, is attitude. Attitude truly matters. How are you showing up in the world? How are you showing up at work? And mindset truly matters. They go hand in hand, your attitude and your mindset. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a negative mindset today, I encourage you to shift your mindset from a negative mindset to a positive mindset and maintain the positive mindset. 
And that is what we call the resilient mindset, your ability to bounce back after a major challenge has occurred in your life. Yes, you, if you're listening to this message today, I believe in you. You can, and you are a leader. You are a leader. Someone here today mentioned servant leadership. That was Pastor Nadine. That truly matters. As the children of God, we are called to serve his people. Each and every one of you matters. Your voice matters. Don't give up. Hold on to God. Hold on to faith. And if there's a goal that you have in your heart that you have put on the shelf or you have put it aside, I encourage you to go back to that goal today. Go back to it. And if you have a business goal, go back to the business goal that you put aside. Yes, that's right. Go back to your notes. Grab it. I believe in you. And step into purpose. Step into the purpose God has for your life. Now, the C in PAC is confidence. Confidence truly matters. If you don't have confidence, how can you lead? You need confidence. And remember, as the children of God, God believes in you. And he loves you as you are. A lot of folks believe in order to go to God, they need to be perfect. No, he loves you as you are, and he wants to meet you where you are. And perfect doesn't exist, right? It's all about progression. Progression truly matters, ladies and gentlemen. And as I mentioned earlier, hold on to faith, hold on to God, and don't give up. Thank you. All right, you're about to make me go outside and start uh, running around my cell division, sister. <laughs> Words are so powerful. Thank you again for this platform. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you for this day, Father, that you've made, and we're excellently rejoicing that. We thank you for all the leaders that shared their stories about leadership on this platform, Father. We thank you right now for strengthening them, Father, for giving them this journey, Father, for giving that, that in their belly, Father, that they're birthing, that they're sharing with the world, Father. Thank you right now for that journey. Thank you, Father, for whatever's going to take place after they leave this, this event, Father. Thank you for the ones that were able to attend, and thank you for the ones that did could, could not attend, Father, and there will be a replay. I thank you, Father, for blessing us right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for blessing us, for blessing the people, Father, for sharing our voice, because again, our voice is our superpower, Father. We thank you right now for this platform. We thank you for our host, Gigi about. We thank you for everyone that's attached to this event. We thank you for everyone that's attached to them, Father. We thank you right now for their journey. We thank you. We ask you for them to continue to be a blessing by sharing their story through their voice, Father, because you gave them this voice. You gave them this journey, Father, and their journey is for them. And we thank you again, Father, for what you've done on this day, Father. We give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And I believe we have one more speaker who showed up. Mr. Eric Swanson. Oh, he's in the building. Where is he? Popping up now. Okay. All right. I got his bio. Our last speaker is Eric Swanson. He is a 13-time best-selling author, award-winning habits and attitude speaker. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our last speaker, Eric Swanson. Yay! <laughs> All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. I'm just kidding. How are you guys? I'm so excited about being here. You have no idea. I want to like stand up, sit back down and then stand back up again because I'm so excited. So here's the deal. So I have a very short time uh, time period to, to, to speak some awesomeness into myself and you guys can listen. 
Are you ready? And I mean that because it's all about believing in yourself. That's what leadership truly is. A leader, a true leader is someone who does everything every time the right way you're supposed to do it, whether someone's looking or not, whether someone's there or not. Brian Tracy, my mentor, used to tell me this. He says, you know, pretend that I am a fly on your shoulder. That's what he would say to me. And I would go, okay, well, and he goes, no, 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 don't brush me off. He says, pretend that I'm a fly on your shoulder. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to see your actions. And then I'm, what he said was he was going to check to make sure my actions are in alignment with what I'm saying what I'm saying out there in the world, but also what I'm saying to myself. Because let's face it, whenever we speak to anyone, who are we truly speaking to and who is really listening? You know one person's listening. And who is that? That's ourselves. That's ourselves. So I, I actually have a, a little reminder because reminders are, are the way leaders really lead themselves is through these reminders, through these little steps because as you do the small things is how you do the big things as well, right? So I have a reminder that says, believe in yourself. How many of y'all could use just that right there? Just, just a little tiny reminder. And, and, and I suggest sticking this everywhere. You know, put it in, put it everywhere. Put it in the liquor cabinet. I mean, put it on the refrigerator. Put it on the, on, on, in the, on the steering wheel. Put it on, put it on the dog's, um, you know, uh, a leash. So it's going like this, you know, when you're walking or the dog, right? And it says, believe in yourself, right? And, and, uh, and really start harnessing that, right? I, I started something called Decide to be Awesome. And that was truly for myself. And now everyone's like, oh my God, decide to be awesome.com. Yes, go there. You'll get some free gifts. But it's really cool to really decide literally to make it a choice, make it a what I call a habitude, a habit and attitude put together and, and make yourself successful by helping other people succeed as well. Zig Ziglar told us that years ago. And, and I, I live by it. These days, I have a, a dog tag that, that says, no drama, serve others. And that's what a true leader is all about. You know what a true leader does? A true leader applauds, right? Do me a favor. Go, ahead, go like this. Just don't, don't make any noise. Though. Uh, go like that. And, and then look to your left and right. Go ahead. Look, look up and down. Do the Brady Bunch Zoom look, right? And, and, and give it up for your, co your colleagues around you, your cheerleaders, your support system, your awesomeness. And if you're not on a Zoom, well, you should be because you should be here with, with all of us. But if, if, you're, if you're doing that, you know, look around, look, look at your neighbors, look at your, your friends, your family, you know, do it in traffic. Have you ever done that before? You're like, people are like, what is going on? But just applaud them, applaud your neighbors. You know, I, I, I do this all the time. You want to be a cheerleader for success. And, and that's how a true leader, first of all, leads and secondly, gets noticed. Have you ever noticed that, you know, what's the saying? I always butcher the saying. So I'll just say this, um, make sure you make other people feel the way they're supposed to be feeling right and what you guys know the saying right but but it's like they don't care about what you said they care about how you made them feel i think that's what what it was and and it's it's so true you know my whole goal in life is is to go out there and and my job in life is to allow other people to see their excellence their awesomeness you know, an, a technique that I use by the way i'll just share one quick technique is i use thank you cards to myself have you ever done this before? It's awesome. Okay. It's, it's so cool. So I have a, a series I buy 
365 of these, right? I have a whole box over here in my office. And, and here's one right now. I, I wrote this this morning and I write one every night, the night before. And then I wake up and, and the next morning I see it sitting there for me, right? It's like, oh, a little surprise from me. <laughs> I wonder what I wrote. And, and you look inside and it's, it's literally a thank you card, okay? And it says, Eric, here it is, boom. Eric, I would like to thank you for being such a great leader to the world. You are amazing and very good looking. It says that too. And then it says, um, it says love and it says comma you <laughs> love you. <laughs> like, like, I love you. So, so literally, thank you, Eric. So what's cool about this is you don't have to mail it and stamp it. You just put it in front of the coffee maker or put it in front of somewhere and remind yourself the next morning. So um, a true leader leads from the, from every, every ounce of your cells of your body, does that make sense? Was that grammatically correct? Anyway, you get the point. Lead from internal and, and, and do the right thing at all times and people will start noticing you and, and, and you'll, you'll soon be Gigi Sabat. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and my name's Eric Swanson. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for your leadership. I also like free gifts too. So I, I like that part. Absolutely. <laughs> and now I know why you're a last speaker. You are hilarious. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> You're awesome. You guys are awesome. I see some awesome familiar faces here. I just want to like hug you also here. Come closer. Okay. We're hugging each other. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you everyone. And thank you again to our speakers and our sponsors at this time. I turn it over to Dr. Lakeisha James, our master of ceremonies to close us out. Yes. So again, thank you guys for your expertise. Thank you so much for your leadership. You guys rock this event. We have some wonderful events, but this event was different. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. I took a lot of notes. You guys dropped a lot of nuggets and I hope to connect more with you guys. I know we have events every month, so hopefully I see some more faces, familiar faces at our next event. Thank you guys so much again and have a great weekend. God bless. <laughs>